Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. Yeah, before we go, I got to just say a couple of things. First of all, I listen to you all the time, and and you you fill me in with everything that's going on in Canada. I need to know one thing: How are we going to make up this these NHL games? I don't know what's going on. Omicron flying around. I understand protocol five. I get it, but how are we going to make all those games up, bro? We have a two week window, and we have three weeks plus of games postponed. So your guess is as good as mine. Maybe ask Gary Bettman because I don't think he knows. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome to the RP Show, everybody. It's a Tuesday and a very special day. And later on in the program, I'm going to tell you why. I think that I'm going to change my tombstone. Uh, For years, I had penciled in on my tombstone. He never said he was a journalist. But I think since I've gotten into this realm doing daytime sports talk, my tombstone will read, I don't know. As Kim Coates thinks, I know how the NHL is going to cram all these games in. A big day in the NHL, and we'll tell you about that too. Uh, We broadcast from beautiful but cloudy and damp South Florida today, and we bring in from the balmy NHL's Bermuda Triangle, he tells me, Darren Moose DuPont, broadcasting from Coffee Row. How are you doing today, Moose? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning. Um, yeah, balmy. Minus two today. We are we are heating up here in the uh, in the in the rectangle. As John Frenzy would say, time to run around with your with your jacket undone. It's that kind of day uh, in the Great White North. Look, coming up on the program today, Rob Vanstone, award-winning post-media columnist Rob Vanstone. Is he in hour one, Clark? Yes. Rob Vanstone in hour one and in hour two, Winnipeg Ice broadcaster, longtime NHL and AHL broadcaster as well, Brian Biggie Munns. They're coming up on the program today. <clears throat> and just before we get to the quick six show topics, which incidentally, as I look at them, I got NHL, NHL, Hockey Canada, college football playoff, CFL, and NLL. Just to tell you what's coming in the quick six, I got a story for you, Moose, because people love the stories on this program. It's what sets us apart from every other one. And you know a little bit about this story. It's a cute little story that happened to me this morning. And uh, it was funny. I'm going to relate it. I was sitting at a Starbucks just down the road here in North Federal and wearing this bunny hug. And it's uh, Vancouver Canucks are in town. So it's game day down here in South Florida. The Florida Panthers home to the Vancouver Canucks tonight. So this older gentleman, I want to say about 80, saunters over to my table he's got a cane he's wearing a sport coat he's wearing jeans and gucci shoes and he says uh panthers fan huh and i said well more golden knights but you know when in rome and he goes isn't it something isn't it something what those golden knights have done huh and uh he strikes up a topic of hockey and he tells me that he's from boston and he played university at boston college 
got his junior year in, and then they welcomed all the Canadians down, and that was the end of his hockey career. So he moved to Florida. And he says to me, so uh, you know Tommy Ivan? You know Tommy Ivan? I'm telling this story because for our older viewers, I know that we're big with the younger generation with the digital, but we have a lot of seniors that watch every day on SaskTel, Max TV, and uh, your various cable providers across the country. They don't remember Tommy Ivan. I said, oh, yeah, the old Detroit coach. He goes, well, he was the GM of the Blackhawks, too, you know, and I was his personal attorney. He called me in 1976 and told me, I just signed Bobby Orr. Did you know that Bobby Orr played for Chicago? And I said, well, actually, I did because my parents bought me a jigsaw puzzle of Bobby Orr and a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, and it completely mind-screwed me because I'm like, I th 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 thought he was a Bruin. We sit yeah. there and have this long hockey talk, and he says, I said, listen, if I had a business card, I'd give it to you, man, but I don't have one, and I would exchange Twitter handles, but I'm guessing you don't have that. And he said, I'm here every day. See you tomorrow. Waved his cane, <laughs> jumped in his SUV and drove away. But he said, very rare chance to talk hockey down here with anybody that knows what they're talking about. So there is an audience for hockey fans uh, here in South Florida, Darren. And I'm wearing this bunny hug today in honor of the Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Bruce, there it is. We're going to see tonight if, with the Vancouver Canucks are for real. Okay, can we hit the quick six show horn, please? Uh, <laughs> Enough story time. There were only three games in the National Hockey League last night. Philip Deneau, Blake Lizotte, and Adrian Kempe scored in the LA Kings 3-1 win over the New York Rangers Monday night. Imperial Saskatchewan's Chris Knobloch served as the Rangers coach temporarily as Gerard Gallant tested positive for COVID-19 on Sunday. Nazem Kadri scored the go-ahead goal late in the third in the surging Colorado Avalanche rallied to beat the Seattle Kraken 4-3 on Monday night. It was the Avs' 12th straight home win, a franchise record. And uh, let's see, Nicholas Obey-Kubel had two goals, and Devin Taves also scored for Colorado. Philip Grubauer was in goal for the Kraken, but he could not win the first game against his old team in Denver. And Brad Marchant returned from a bloody nose in the first period to score two goals and an assist on another while center Patrice Bergeron saved one at the other end. And the Boston Bruins routed the Washington Capitals 7-3 Monday night. Another note, the NHL's postponed tonight's scheduled game between the Carolina Hurricanes and Philadelphia because of COVID-19 issues with the Flyers. Now with daytime sports, it's what we love about what we're going, what we do here. <sighs> Who cares about last night? I just got the notification from TSN, and producer Clark said it too. Ken Holland, the general manager of the Edmonton Orders, is addressing the media right now as we speak. They were supposed to play at home last night against Ottawa. That was postponed due to COVID. Anybody want to tell me what's going on with what Ken Holland has to say? Let us know in the comment section and tweet us, whatever you want to do. Let's get the discussion going on that. Eric Thomas watching on YouTube writes in and he says, that's a nice bunny hug, but not as nice as the Rod Peterson show one I got a few months ago. How about that? I fully agree. And uh, Darren, you were wearing a Rod Peterson show bunny hug in the morning meeting. You've taken it off. Why? I, uh, I got a little, I don't know. It was my morning outfit. And then uh, this is my show outfit. I already had it planned. I don't have a, I don't have a ring. <laughs> okay. You want me to put it back you got on? The you got the blue. You get the blue memo. What's that, Clark? Did you say something? Hey, guys, Moose here. When you're done listening to this podcast, you should check out Blindsided. The Players' Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast called Blindsided. It's hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch 
and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The show shares moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. It's called Blindsided from the Players' Tribune. It allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges that people face. And they've already had guests that include Kevin Lowe of the Oilers, Paul Bissonnette, and Kurt Warner. It's available now, the Players' Tribune, launching its first-ever mental health podcast called Blindsided with Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. You can check it out now when you're done listening to this wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, of far more importance to me, of all of this, was an article I was reading at The, at the Athletic this morning. And I, I just got to say this, I don't want to be the downer guy. But at The Athletic today from writer Sean Shapiro, NHL executives now starting to get worried about finances as it relates to COVID, obviously. And I just want to spend a minute or two on this for the hockey fans out there because we've got, I talk to these American viewers every day here in South Florida. I don't think they understand really fully what's going on in Canada. They rely on us, just like Kim Coates, to tell them what's going on in Canada. And what those NHL execs are getting concerned about is money. They're like, we made it through 2020. We made it through 2021 together in the bubbles but now we've got 25 teams in the states playing for the most part save for this postponement tonight seven in canada not having home games and money's becoming a crunch it's it's a divide in the league if you i gotta tell you if you're an athletic subscriber go read the article because i was fascinated but a little worried and i wonder where you stand on this because we all love to make fun of the leafs or at least i do but the article said you can make fun of the leafs all you want they're the cash cow of the National Hockey League. And when they're not drawing fans and they're not even playing, major problem for everybody else. And I just wonder, Darren, it took one anonymous NHL executive to say, we're starting to get worried. It's taken almost two years going into year three. It's not surprising. But is this sort of an undercurrent that they don't really want talked about? NHL executives and owners and even players, do you think? It's kind of a scary article. Yeah, it is. But this just fits right on line with what we were talking about earlier this week, right? And we talked about how are these teams surviving? And, you know, the goal of a healthy business is to build it up so that you can have a rainy day fund that's two to three years. Meaning if your revenues got cut off 100%, you could survive for two to three years while you pivot and reinvent yourself as a business right? A lot of people aren't that financially responsible. All the startups, all the new entities, all the new organizations, they can't get there right away. It takes years to get to that position. But all these teams would be operating based on, okay, we can handle this for two or three years. Well, now we're here, two or three years. And the teams you know, aren't going to continue to dump a bunch of money in um, and see no results. And now it comes to the owners, right? How much do, more do they want to continue to put in before we just have to pause this and get back to a revenue generating situation? It's a, it's a tough spot, but the timeline's not surprising. That two to three years is kind of what we were talking about before. Just checking in from some of our viewers as we open for business, the taco time comment section early on. Brady Leavell's watching from Hockey to Hell and Back podcast. He says, great story. About the old hockey guy from Boston who's a lawyer here in, in Boca Raton. Dan, the situation, Cervelli's watching in Philadelphia. He says, uh, Rod, I look at your shirt and all I can think of is Pavel Bure. 
How about that? Uh, yeah, there was a there was a Burray that spent some time here with the Florida Panthers. For me, I think of Alexander Barkov every time I have a look at this bunny hug. From Frank Salazar, watching on YouTube. He says, love the gear, Rod. Thanks for showing the cats some love. Of course, man, it's game day. And Mike Horrigan, watching from the 905, says, simple. If you can't play home games in front of fans next season, you play elsewhere or sit out the season. Seems simple, doesn't it? But I... We could have taken a different road here. We had a little discussion as to what our poll question was going to be today. We've settled on for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who will win the Super Bowl, the NFC or the AFC? And the last I looked at the poll results, 100% voted correctly the NFC because that's where the Dallas Cowboys reside. But the other poll question we were kicking around and may do it later on this week is Friday night, the Saskatchewan Rush National Lacrosse League team is going to play. At home to the San Diego Seals, you're going to be broadcasting a moose. And from what we understand from the insiders, there's a little bit of pushback that they're playing. And so the question could have been, should the rush be playing amid this COVID environment? But the fact of the matter is, and we're very close to the rush people, we got to play. Because if we don't, we're going to go out of business. It's pretty simple. It's the NLL. It's not the National Hockey League or the NFL or the NBA. It's ticket sales that keep them in business. End of story. So I think if the NHL is admitting now that we're starting to get a little worried, what does it say for the other leagues? When did they start getting worried? Okay, so I'm going to move on, and I appreciate your thoughts on that because I don't want to be the downer guy today. Uh, Point three, it's a good one. Hockey Canada is set to unveil which athletes are heading to the Beijing Olympics as part of the national women's hockey team. Canada opens their preliminary round against Switzerland February 2nd, two days before the opening ceremonies. Now. Has Hockey Canada said who's going to play for the men? Has that been unveiled? Like, I, I'm trying to stay on top of everything, which includes NFL, junior hockey, NLL, obviously. Who's representing us at the Olympics? Do we know? We don't know. We know Owen Powers. <sighs> okay, then I didn't miss anything. Hmm? We know a couple players. I think Mason McTavish is going and Owen Powers is going for the world junior team. Um, those are the only real names we've heard. We've heard a few. Um, Names, but we haven't seen a team unveiled yet. Okay. Okay, thank you. Then I didn't miss anything. Sprinkling in a few more comments here, and by the way, it's a brand new week. The contest is open for business for the $50 gift card from Taco Time, or as my buddy Johnny Ort from my hometown of Milestone, Saskatchewan, used to say, Taco Time. Who calls it Taco Time? John Ort. Taco Time. Let's go to Taco Time. Because we used to go all the time. Um, Jeff and me and him. I still go all the time. We just don't go together, me and him. Yeah. Jeff in Winnipeg. Jeff Cabillas has agreed, Rod, as much as I have fun with the Leafs, they are a cash cow for the NHL, especially in Canada. You got to read the article, man. It's $4.4 million a game. The Leafs are out playing without fans. Like, it, this is not sustainable. Uh, they want to talk about the Raptors here. I do not. Let's go to football for a second. Let's sashay over there. Uh, revenge for Georgia in the college football playoff championship game Monday night. The Bulldogs down rival Alabama 33-18 in Indy to win their first national title in 41 years. This is how old I am. As they were talking about it's been 40 years since the Bulldogs won the championship. I'm thinking, 
black and white TV, uh, tube skates, straight sticks, leather helmets. It was 1980. What? That's Camaros and Heather Locklear. What? (laughs) 40 years, not that long ago. Um, Listen, I don't know if you watched the game. It was kind of dull for the longest time. I didn't see the end of the game, and I obviously missed the most important part of the game. The score does not indicate how close the game was, but I'll tell you, very early on, with that strip stack by Georgia, which in scoop and score, which ended up being called back, but I thought, oh, maybe the odds makers were right. (laughs) Me and the football guys couldn't quite figure out why Georgia was favored by three, and they go on to win by 15. Uh, was a pretty good uh, was a good football game though. It just it, very long. You notice those commercial breaks were like uh, four minutes long. No. Can you imagine playing in a game like that? We settled in and we knew the game was going to be a minimum four hours. Right, that's that's what you expect. And these that's one of the main issues with the college football national championship. It's just so long. But you know, and the game was slow. Uh, we didn't see a lot of scoring in the football game, not a lot of touchdowns. You know, credit Georgia. They were more physical. They executed a little bit more. Um, I thought Stenson Bennett was was really good with touch on his deep ball in the football game. That was kind of the difference. A couple of big shots, big plays they made, converted into two touchdowns. I thought for most of that game, Alabama was actually the better football team. I thought they executed better. They moved the ball with a little bit more ease. They got down into the red zone two or three times and couldn't score. Twice they settled for field goals. Once they had a missed field goal in that second half. So that Alabama did a lot of things right. They just didn't finish drives off. And Georgia, with the big play, um, were able to score a couple of big touchdowns. And then obviously at the end of the game, it was too much for the freshman quarterback in Alabama. But uh, it was a wonderful moment watching Stetson, uh, Stetson Bennett, watching him tear up on the sidelines. That's really cool what it means to him. He was a walk-on, been through different programs. They had lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. So I thought it was a cool moment at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I just love the spectacle of, of it all. And the game was great. And um, now the NFL is the only league left playing. Uh, one more comment before we break. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. is up and watching. He says, why do games get canceled or played with no fans in the NHL? But in the NFL... Everything is going ahead as normal. We're going to pause. We'll answer that question and more when we come back. I got a couple great CFL notes here and some questions for the viewers regarding the CFL. I've got uh, the NLL topic of should the rush be playing Friday night against the San Diego Seals? Is it right? And more. And I'm going to open up the 902 text line because I haven't opened it up for the day yet. So we'll see what's popping in there. This is the warm-up. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Little bit of a breezy day here in South Florida, but it's game day. The Vancouver Canucks are in town taking on the Florida Panthers, 7 p.m. Eastern at FLA Live Arena. 
Hey, folks, the MMA is coming to Calgary this weekend. Live this Saturday, Palace Athena Women's Fighting Championship at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. This fight includes two title bouts, including Laura Fontura and Andy Nguyen squaring off for the PAWFC 115-pound title. Visit PAWFC.com for tickets and more information on how to watch live on pay-per-view. Moose and I will be there at Grey Eagle. Come on down. Again, purchase your tickets at pawfc.com. Said I would get to the CFL stuff, and in a way I will. I do have a couple of CFL notes here, but I'm going to go off script a little because a lady in Prince George tweeted me, Northern British Columbia, regarding my rant yesterday about Ryder fans not respecting the players' space. She's written me, Moose, and I don't know if you saw this or not. She Uh says, I remember clearly being in your restaurant one day and you telling us there were some players eating and we should go say hi. We did not. They deserve to eat in peace. Hashtag time and place. And while I try to stay out of Twitter debates, I thought, well, what the heck? She came and supported my restaurant. She's supporting our show. One thing with that restaurant, which I miss every day. It was a high-end gourmet pizza restaurant, as you know, not some greasy spot, Neapolitan pizza. You were in there a lot, and I appreciate that. And I was quite proud of the fact that every single CFL team came through there, every WHL team, and every Junior A team came through there. And I, and those that didn't, I would deliver. I would. De- I got photos of it, me delivering the food to the arena or the stadium. You've seen some of them, and I'll never forget. Yep. 33 of them I was delivering to the Brand Center. The 33rd one I dropped on the pavement. It was pasta. And I opened the lid, scooped it back in, and Curtis Hunt, the general manager of the Prince Albert Raider, says, give it to me, I'll eat it. I'm like, Huntsy, it was just on the ground. I don't care, I'll eat it. But anyways, so many of the Rough Riders would come in there and eat all the time. And as I said to the lady, if I thought the players would be bothered, I wouldn't have suggested you go say hi to them. And because all the players came through. If it was Deron Carter, I would have probably said, don't bother him. Because <laughs> he doesn't like to be right. bothered. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't. He's moody. Pick your spots. But anyways, it's just, yeah, pick your spots. But people trying to use my words back on me happens all the time. Yeah. As I mentioned, uh, some CFL notes. There are a few. Ring the bell. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers announced this morning the club has signed uh, to agree to terms on a one-year contract with all-star offensive lineman Patrick Newfeld. Patty returns to the Bombers for what will be his 11th Canadian Football League season and eighth with Winnipeg. He's six foot six, 311 pounds, from Regina, Saskatchewan, where he played for the Riffle Royals. A versatile lineman who made starts at both right and right, right guard and right tackle for the Bombers in 2021. Newfeld also earned the first All-Star nominations in his career after being named to both the West Division and CFL All-Star teams. Two things about Patty Newfield that stick out to me. One, he's got a huge tattoo of a rose on his bicep, which I always thought was really cool. Never asked him what the meaning of that was. And the other was he was part of a massive trade in 2013 when I was with the Rough Riders, if you remember it. And we had to go to producer Clark. He was the big board on this one. I couldn't remember who we, Saskatchewan, traded to get out of Winnipeg. I remember giving up Patrick Newfield and kind of feeling bad for him because I'm like, we went on to win a Grey Cup. At the time, I felt bad for Patty. And, of course, the guy that we got, Clark had to refresh my memory, was defensive end number 99, Alex Hall, who Bingo. had a huge play in, yeah, huge play in that great cup, recovering a Henry. 
Burris fumble. Remember that one in the third quarter to start the yes. second half? So kudos to the Bombers, and uh, Patty went on to win two Grey Cups, and as we say, everything turned out nice again. Everything happens for a reason. And the other, to me, more controversial, it's not a controversial signing, but Lucky Whitehead is staying put. The American receiver signed a contract extension Monday with the BC Lions. Lucky was a CFL All-Star this past season after registering 60 receptions for 932 yards and five touchdowns. He's a former Dallas Cowboy, so I'll always love him. He's been on this show a couple of times. But I saw somebody saying on Twitter that he's the most exciting CFL receiver since Rocket Ishmael. And I'm like, stop, stop. You're going to tell me Lucky Whitehead is the greatest receiver this league's seen in 30 years? Now, Rocket Ishmael was special. And he won a great cup with the 1991 John Candy Argos with Chris Schultz and Matt Dunnigan and Wayne Gretzky. But Lucky Whitehead didn't even lead the BC Lions in receptions. Yeah, but Rod, he was hurt. He didn't even lead the BC Lions in receptions. Right. How big of, how big of a signing is this for the BC Lions? It's big, but it's greatest receiver in big. 30 years? Stop. There's, I mean... Mm. Now that's a conversation we could have, right? Is you know that's why I waited for this from the past thirty years. I mean, you just look at most outstanding players. You can look at guys like Brandon Banks or Chad Owens, or you know, really exciting players that would change football games. Um, that's not to mention the G. Roy Simons and you know the Milt Steagles and all these other exciting players. You're just going to instantly put Lucky Whitehead above all these other guys. Like, and I didn't even take any time to think about this. I didn't know this question was coming up, right? I don't Imagine know. if we spent some time digging a little bit to find the most exciting players. But that being said, he is one of the most exciting players in the game today. He's very explosive. He puts the lines on the map. And because he was wearing the Blue Bomber gear and hanging out with fans in Winnipeg, you thought that, that the speculation might lead to him signing in Winnipeg or leaving. So this is a big re-up for the BC Lions. They get one of the premier playmakers in the game back, and that's huge for them in their offseason to ge generate some momentum. Well, Clark was telling us in the morning meeting that he's working on getting some Blue Bomber people on the air. And listen, this is, this is kind of a tough conversation because I do love Lucky Whitehead. I loved him with the Cowboys. I was sad when they let him go. I know why they did. But if he was the greatest receiver since Rocket Ishmael, the Bombers probably aren't letting him go. You don't let players like that go, you know, unless it was a salary thing, yeah. which it usually is in pro football. I'm just saying he's not the greatest receiver in the CFL since Rocket Ishmael. Stop it. There's a comment here that I wanted to get to from John on YouTube, and he says, good day. If the CFL proceeds with a 2022 season, it's only a matter of time thereafter when that league goes totally bankrupt. They can't continue to sustain with low attendance numbers. And I'm glad that he brought that up because earlier on when we were talking about the NHL, if you missed it, one anonymous NHL executive telling the, the Athletic that the owners are, for the first time, starting to get worried about money in the NHL. And I'm thinking, what took them this long? But they know the numbers far better than me. That's how they got to be rich. But as I said to you this morning in our long phone call, at least in the CFL, they're all in it together. They're either going down together or they're going to survive together. 
The NHL is a far different story. It's 25 American teams and seven Canadian teams. And all this is going to end up being is, is the Flames moving to Houston and the Senators moving to Kansas City. That is far, like the CFL's in it together. You see the difference, right? And I, I have yeah. my fears for the CFL too, and I still don't have any idea how they made it go. See why I said at the start, I'm going to put on my tombstone. He doesn't know. He never knew. Like Wayne from uh, Victoria. How come they can play in the NFL, but on the I don't know. But from a CFL standpoint, obviously they're playing. They have to play. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about this the other day, too. And the whole pandemic and these financial issues, we're looking at a couple different things here. You know, um, we all say we're in the same boat together. But now this isn't an original thought, but we're not in the same boat. We're in the same storm, right? Some of us are on a yacht. Some of us are on a tugboat. Some of us are floating on a door. Right. Some of us are treading water, right? Now, if you put the CFL in that perspective, we know the NFL, is, they're, they're, they're coming in on the yacht, all right? Now, you can't just let everybody on the yacht because then it's just not big enough, right? And where do you pick and choose? So the CFL's got to decide, okay, can we patchwork this boat together with the few materials we have while there's a storm going on and make it through? Or do we need a big boat to come along and pick us up, i.e. the XFL with money, i.e. whatever? You got to decide. But it is different because you're all in that boat. In the NHL, you got some people in Canada in little boats and other people in big yachts in the States because that can play. It's, it's wildly complex, and you can't compare the two leagues to each other because, as you said, they're completely different. Like I said, the CFL is all in it together. They'll survive together or go down together, whereas the NHL, yeah, they'll just move on without you. <laughs> but those yeah. Canadian teams, and it's not, it's not a laughing matter. Um, Jamie's watching in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia on Game Plus Television. He says, hey, RP, it's unfortunate, but the number is now around 45 U-sport men's hockey players signing pro contracts. All universities across Canada are now affected by the pandemic. What does that say about U-sports men's hockey in Canada during the pandemic? Well, uh, my answer to that is, again, every school for themselves, every man for themselves. We saw a announcement from the U of S that they're going to play this weekend men's hockey, but without fans. So I guess do what you have to do. Any thought on that before I move on? Yeah, it's just it comes down to the priority, right? I mean, and then the old OUA situation where, you know, the OUA is not declared elite by the you know, uh, Ontario government, so they can't return to play. They got to continue to wait. So these players are like, look, I got opportunities to go and play pro. My window is small. I'm going to take it. You're right. You got to do what's best for you. And that's what some of these players are doing right now. Chris Jarl watching in, where is he? Surrey, BC. He's watching on Game Plus TV. And he says, my Lions signed Lucky. They did something right this year. <laughs> I was going back and looking at my predictions for 2021 CFL season. I had Winnipeg first, Sask second, Calgary third, Edmonton fourth, BC fifth. Pretty darn close. I had the top three, but I didn't have BC, the bottom falling out on them. Right. Or even more so Edmonton, that they would completely crop themselves and fire everybody. I didn't see that coming. Um, oh, before we go... The sixth point is the NLL, the Saskatchewan Rush playing, and then I'm going to read a sports update and let you get out of here, and we'll move Rob Van Stone in. 
say it again. Darren will be at the microphone Friday night. The Saskatchewan Rush are home to the San Diego Seals. They're hoping to fill Sastel Center for the game. And there's been some pushback. There's pushback to everything. Like, did I tell you the other day, I open up yahoo.ca and there's a headline. Ontario Premier Doug Ford under fire for COVID decision. And I'm like, Get probably from both sides. I got a really good friend that works for the Saskatchewan Provincial Government. He's in charge of handling complaints. Okay, he says 50% are mad that there's restrictions, 50% are mad there's not enough restrictions. So we go back to you do what you have to do, and if you're the Saskatchewan Rush, you're in survival mode. So I think you and I would yeah. both, you got to work, you got to put food on the table, you got to broadcast the game. I, I'm sure. yeah. kind of wondering, I'm wondering why this is even an argument right now. No, it affects. It's affected my bottom line. We wiped out a whole university football season a year ago. We wiped out, you know, Western Hockey League games, lacrosse games, all income streams for me. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I want them to play. But again, we got to do what's right for us, and you got to do what's right for you. And just when you do it, just be respectful of other people. That's all I, that's all I say. I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'll see you in hour two. You bet. Darren Workman's watching in Salt Lake City. He says the CFL will survive in spite of itself. Trenton Norway watching says Norway here. John is on to something with pro sports finances. No fans, no chance to stay together to keep all leagues afloat. The NHL won't last long either, even if other teams move around. Um, listen, I said the comments, the contest is open for taco time for the comment of the week. Let's get it going here. Say something funny for Pete's sake. Get me laughing. We have no leader in the clubhouse yet for the top comment of the week. Let's go. Sport. Yes. Sports update. George. Oh, we're late for a break. I'll do that later. We'll bring in Rob Vanstone next. We've been going so long. I knew that today was going to be punchy. You're watching the RP show on the Game Plus television network. YouTube live in 24 hours. Sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues from cloudy South Florida today. Game day. Bruce, there it is. Bruce Boudreaux's Vancouver Canucks are in town, and I'm very excited to... Get an eyeball of them. Right on cue, people have been chiming in with their taco comments, and I love it. Craig Campbell watching from the Hockey Hall of Fame in downtown Toronto. He says, tick taco toe. I would happily eat them while watching the RP show, but no store out my way. Ah! He just took, him, just took himself out of the running. And John in Winnipeg, John Ohm, he says... My advice is that when you find that true love, you must hold it really well with both hands because sometimes tacos are hard to handle. It's not great, but I'll take it. I'll take it. A repeat winner, potentially. All right. Let's bring him in now. The award-winning columnist from Post Media, Regina Leader Post, the esteemed Robert Vanstone. How you doing, RV? Happy New Year, my man. Happy. Happy New Year, Rod. Uh, nice of you to mention Craig Campbell, a great guy. Uh, hello, Craig. Um, what awards have I won? Do you know something I don't? The only time I won an award once, and they gave me a plaque, and it was uh, uh, addressed to Rod Vanstone. 
So you're, I guess you're half owner of that plaque. That's my one plaque aside from uh, anything to do with dental hygiene. I think you won the award for being the second best writer in your house. (laughs) And the the third most intelligent uh, living organism in in my house behind Crisula and the beautiful Candy. Candy. Where is she? I like this shirt, man. Where'd you get the shirt? It's a relic. I wore it especially for you. I, I saw two Florida Panthers games in January of 2011, and I this is a Corey Stillman shirt from uh, January of 2011. So I thought, well, what better time to dust, dust this out of the archives or pull this out of the archives? So, Vintage. What a wonderful place to watch hockey. RV, I appreciate Isn't you coming great? on. And you, you may be surprised why. I With the Broncos, Denver Broncos firing Vic Fangio on Sunday, I'm like, we got to get RV on. Haven't made the playoffs <laughs> since 2015. I see this morning that they've asked permission to talk to the Patriots linebackers coach for the head coaching job. And I'm just wondering, what do you think the Denver Broncos need in their next head coach? Defensive coach, offensive coach, a great quarterback? Where are they going? Well, four of their, four of their last five head coaches have been defensive-oriented. Um, the one exception being Gary Kubiak, and they won a Super Bowl with him. Um I'd, I'd like to see somebody with more of an offensive persuasion, especially if they're looking to bring in a quarterback, whether it to be uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think you're going to need a quarterback-friendly head coach to really entice somebody of that caliber to, to come to Denver. I'll st- I still remain to be convinced that, that Seattle will want to part with Russell Wilson or that Green Bay will want to part with uh, Aaron Rodgers. But should it happen, I think you need uh, a quarterback who's going to provide some enticement for the for the player to uh, to show up there, the one that's eating at me. Why did the Miami Dolphins fire Brian Flores? Why don't, why don't they just hire Brian Flores? <laughs> Been getting to the bottom of that one, and it's very simple. The general manager Chris Greer uh, apparently wanted Tua, and Brian Flores, the head coach, did not. That's the word that I'm getting in South Florida. It was a power struggle internally, and the GM won this time. But there's some very unhappy fans here because Brian Flores was very popular. And uh, appalling and outrage is the terms that I'm hearing the most about the Dolphins with that firing. It really doesn't make any sense. Nobody saw that coming. I'm going to go rapid yeah, fire with the we'll RV. So we, we covered, sure. the, covered the NFL to the NHL. <clears throat> the Jets, they're still out of a playoff picture uh, looking in as, a, as they stand right now. That's your number one NHL team. The Jets, go. They just strike me as a team that, that is never really going to take advantage of that window or that that talent pool that they've they've assembled there there's always that little element missing and you know i think what i've you look at it on paper you look at who they have and there really isn't a flaw they the 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 flaw a perceived flaw coming into this season was the defense so then they went and refurbished the defense so really they would seem to have everything you would need from a from a vezina once upon a time vezina trophy winning goaltender on out but it just doesn't seem to come together i watched this team and I follow it quite ardently. And it just seems to me to be a team that is very clinical and a team that just does not seem to have much fun. You watch the Carolina Hurricanes. You watch the Florida Panthers. Maybe it's a symptom of playing in a Canadian market where you're just constantly under scrutiny. But it just seems to me that the Winnipeg Jets just view playing the game as somewhat in a fashion that's laborious. There just isn't a lot of fun there. It's just a dour team and i just wonder if that permeates and i just wonder if they have the the fun playing the game that say the carolina hurricanes would and maybe the playing in an obsessive market like winnipeg 
is is an impediment, whereas it's easier to do in a market such as Miami or uh, or uh, Carolina. Can we agree, though, that the Jets should be better? Like they've got well, talent that does not match their record. And that's been the case for for a while now. Even if you look at some of the deficiencies that they that they had in, in past years, it still didn't really add up. This year, especially, I just don't see where there's a where there's a glaring flaw. Uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff did a really nice job during the off season of, of building up a defense that went from a liability to an asset, and and they've got such a wealth of talent up front. And they've got Connor Hallibuck, and they've even got a decent pipeline coming up. It would seem so. Where is what's the missing piece there? Uh, talent doesn't guarantee anything. Look at the the foibles of the Edmonton Oilers in recent weeks, and, and they've got two of the elite players in the National Hockey League. But uh, the, the the Jets would seem to who swept Edmonton last year in the playoffs would seem to have a deeper team. They can go further beyond one line than than uh, than can the Edmonton Oilers, and it just doesn't add up to me. And I'm not sure the coaching change really. Is going to make a difference. It's uh, you know Dave Lowry to me is that that's not the type of difference maker coach that they're ultimately going to require. Uh, I'm not sure that the that there's really been an improvement in their in their play since uh, Paul Maurice stepped down. And we wind this up with our beloved CFL, Chris Jones Absolutely. and Cody Fajardo. If there if there's a yeah. football god, a baby Jesus football, the next great rivalry in the CFL is Cody Fajardo and Chris Jones. And I don't know how it happened or why, but it's there, Rob. And I see you've been writing it, about it. What do oh, you think? What are your thoughts? It is so scrumptious, isn't it? Um, I mean, I grew up watching the Rough Riders and Edmonton Elks, Eskimos at the time. That was the rivalry. And there wasn't a number two rivalry for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It was Edmonton, Edmonton, Edmonton. They're, they played in the West Final every year, or in the, in the West Playoffs every year from 72 to 76. The West Final four straight years. And that was the rivalry. And to, to my way of thinking, that will always be the greatest rivalry in the history of the Rough Riders, that 1970s rivalry with, with Edmonton. Uh, I Granted, people will now say maybe it's Winnipeg. Once upon a time, it was a fierce rivalry with Calgary. And there's still an undercurrent of that. But Chris Jones, uh, with what he said about Cody Fajardo has really livened it up. And if Cody Fajardo chooses to reply, and I sure hope he does, it's just going to ramp it up even more. And those teams play each other three times the next year, including week two. It's great. And I, a team should do this more often. They're in the business of selling tickets. They're in the business of generating hype. They're wondering where the where this lost generation has gone. They're wondering why there's empty seats. Well, they don't do a lot to market or push the product. They don't do a lot to create intrigue. They live in mortal fear of of creating that bulletin board quote that's going to come back to haunt them. Well, guess what? Those bulletin board quotes create interest, which cre create bums in the seats, which creates, I think, uh, the kind of electricity around the game that has been lacking, especially in 2021 when most of the games were were uh, rather dull. Well, the odd thing about this is I think Cody, I know him pretty well. When he opens his mouth, he opens and it's word vomit. And he ends up usually apologizing for what he said. I think he just doesn't think. Jones thinks before everything he says. You've been around him enough. So I'm just sitting there going, why is Jones doing this? Why is he carving Cody? He doesn't need to. I'm just wondering, what's the impetus for this? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think part of it, too, was standing up for Stephen McAdoo. And, uh, and mm. I think he could have done that had he chosen to do so without uh, critiquing Cody Fajardo in the manner that he did. But there's obviously something very calculated there. I think there are a bit of psychologies at work here because Cody, as you said, is, is a pretty honest guy. And he, when he speaks to the media, he's, uh, he's very genuine and doesn't hesitate to say what's on his mind. And things were clearly getting to him 
this past season and the pressures were getting to him and the, the social media, etc. So now I think with Chris Jones saying what he did, I wonder if that's a calculated move to get in an opponent's head several months before they actually those teams actually face one another. Well, I think it may work. I guess we'll see when they hit the field. RV, lovely chat. Stay safe. Toodaloo, my friend. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Rod. Take care and enjoy the enjoy the palm tree. I'm envious. Thank you, sir. The esteemed, award-winning post-media columnist, Rob Vanstone. Taco Time viewer takeover coming your way next. A sports update. Brian Munns of the Winnipeg Ice in Hour 2. You're watching Daytime Sports Talk on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. It is the always popular Taco Time viewer takeover segment. Every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday for only $2 each. Do you order hard or soft shell tacos? That's the biggest question facing us today. Beef or veggie? Get out and get some. Taco Time, wonderful partners of the RP show. I'm going to get to a sports update in a moment, but we have a uh, longtime viewer, first time texter. Devin writes from Keswick, Ontario, Canada. And he writes on the 902 line, pick up the phone and text Rod Peterson, 902-518-3033. Devin says, hey, Rod, can I get your opinion on only the Toronto Raptors allowing American teams, but the Maple Leafs can't? Same arena makes no sense at all, in my opinion. Clearly, Devin just turned on Game Plus and wasn't watching the start of the show, and that's fine. But we do start... At noon Eastern, that's when we get all the big opinions out of the way. You want my opinion? I can't give you an explanation. At the start, I said, I don't know. Put it on my tombstone. I don't know. But my guess is everybody wants to point the finger at the government, and I get it. They're an easy target, and they are. their restrictions are behind a lot of this. But it could very simply be an NBA policy versus an NHL policy. Maybe Doug Ford is buddies with Masai Ujiri, but not Kyle Dubas. Who knows? I don't have the answer. My opinion for this is, thank God they're playing. But they don't have fans. That's the bigger thing. That's the bigger thing at all of this is that we don't have fans in the same arena. Forget about the fact American teams are coming in. But my guess is it's an NBA policy versus an NHL policy. But I don't really know. Sports update. Georgia has snapped a 41-year title drought beating Alabama 33-18 in the College Football National Championship Monday night. The clinching touchdown came on cornerback Kelly Ringo's 79-yard interception with less than a minute to go. The Prime Ministers of Australia and Serbia have discussed Novak Djokovic's precarious visa. Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. The top-ranked Serbian tennis star won a court battle to compete in the Australian Open but still faces the threat of deportation because he is not vaccinated. The NHL has postponed tonight's scheduled game between the Carolina Hurricanes and Philadelphia Flyers because of COVID-19 issues with the Flyers. A spike in infections driven by the Omicron variant of the coronavirus has led to frequent uh, schedule shuffling in recent weeks. As you know, this game tonight, the 104th postponement this season. Charlotte Hornets have beaten the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks for the second time in three nights, taking a 103-99 victory Monday night. Tonight, it is the Raptors home to the Phoenix Suns. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. 
for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Ken Holland met with the media in Edmonton this morning. Dupes has all the quotes. We'll talk about that and more. Coming back in hour two right after this on Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.